All the games I used to play in my younger wilder days. The game of clubs and teas. A little late tonight. A little late tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I know it's Tuesday night. We're this we moved to Tuesday night, if you haven't noticed. Uh, the turn is officially a Tuesday night show. Um Joe uh, couldn't join us tonight, and I'm joined by my friend Byron here, the model maniac, the one of the newest members of the Rotopoller team. Um, first of all, like I say, uh, this is the Turn Fancy Guy Podcast. I'm Andrew Putters. Like I said, joined by Byron, the model maniac, uh, who uh, produces a little article called Breaking 100 uh, over on the rotoballer.com. It's free content for anybody wanting to get on there and check it out. Um, for, for the new listeners that may not know you, which everybody probably does, tell us a little bit about uh, your article that you do for Rotoballer um, and, um, and uh, your style of um, handicapping slash going through picking players, whatnot uh, for DFS. Sure, yeah. The article, I try and introduce it as it's going to help you maintain relationships with your wives or husbands because it keeps you in a realm of betting that is safe it's $100 that we're using to put all our bets together. And you can spread that $100 into whatever amount you want to bet normally. And it's, it's used on outrights. It's used on first round leaders. It's used on placements. And um, it's, it's really about just kind of managing your money as best you can while kind of getting the best value you can out of that 100 bucks. So it's, it's a fun time. And so far, I think we've done 12 12 articles and we're up on the season. So we've had a bit of a slide lately, bouncing back this week, I'm certain of it. And um, yeah, but we still up, still up on the year. So it's all good. Yeah. Um, uh, if anybody doesn't know, uh, uh, picking uh, or handicapping golf, uh, handicapping any sport in particular is hard, <laughs> hard work. And um, uh, anybody can have a plus, um, plus, um, uh, finish over the over a course of a year. Uh, I mean, you got to clap, you know, give a round of applause to, um, especially you know the people out there that are just putting out picks and saying they're winning every week. I want to see some data on that because I don't believe it. Absolutely. Uh, that's why I've made it a, a, a bigger effort to um, uh, write down everything I do and put it out there for uh, the internet to see and take my word for it or not. I'm also seeing a bit of a slide. I've noticed that maybe I haven't put as much time in my models as I was a few months back and part of that is because the a lot of the tournaments I like and the courses I like to watch are early in the year so I'm gonna try to get back into the hard grind uh last week was pretty incredible though Byron um what, what was your thoughts from the PJ championship JT winning his second major uh both of them being PJ championship what, what was your thoughts on that I was proud of him I was happy that he got it I thought that he did enough to win it in the playoff. I do think that a lot of things, a lot of dominoes had to fall right for Justin Thomas to win this thing. Um, I was just, when I was doing my podcast earlier, I was running through Mito and just thinking about how he ended that round, you know, with that misput on the 17th for Birdie, which would have made it a two-shot lead going into the final hole, which might have changed things for him. Um, Willie Z. You know, he had a wholesome clutch putts down the stretch and then he couldn't kind of wrap it up in the playoff. But, you know, JT deserves it. I, I think, you know, he got a little lucky, definitely. But I think to win, you have to. And I was proud of him. So, um, you know, he, he took care of business in that playoff, man. Did he, did he play some good golf? So. Yeah, I mean, you think, okay, Mito, yeah. 
have, it, it is what it is, right? I mean, I hate it for the guy. Uh, he's still a very young golfer, a uh, very talented golfer. He's going to be in major championships in the future. I, I feel uh, he's probably a top five bogey avoidance golfer. Uh, maybe maybe better than that, maybe a top three um, over the last 18 months. I've noticed that uh, he's been a pretty much locked down top 40 play for every tournament he's played in because he just doesn't make bogeys. I mean, now, I mean, even on the real easy courses, you know, he doesn't make a ton of birdies, but doesn't make a lot of bogeys either. And so, um, but I do know in, in major championship golf, especially if you have a big lead, um, once there's a little bit of chink in the armor, it's hard to sure that up. And uh, I, I got a little taste of that this weekend. I played in a golf tournament. It's my first full stroke play round of the uh, since August of last year. I played in a few scrambles, so I'm not saying it's my only time I played golf, but played in four scrambles probably since then. But my first my first stroke play round of the year was Friday uh, in the little the little noon game at the club. Now this is a golf course I grew up on, so I'm yeah. But uh, played in the open division because of that, because we have a few college players and some pretty good mid-ams in the area. Um, they obviously toughen up the golf course. I mean, it's only 6,000, 6,100 yards. The greens are very tiny, bent Poana greens. Um, and uh, yeah, they, they make it very, they made it very difficult. I mean, a few years back, you know, we had, we had a bunch of SEC division one players, you know, so at 12 or 14 under for two rounds. So they've started firming up the course. Uh, where you can't hold a shot, and uh, that brings the scores way down. So, like, one under one at last year, three under one at this year. So, I shot 72 in the first round with four three-putts, two over par. I, I was, man, I've got it. You know, I'm I'm just strategically playing this golf course. You know, get it close to the green and make a par. Get it close to the green and make a par. That's what I did the whole first round. Come out in the second round, part of the first five holes, had about a five-shot lead. And, uh, yeah, um, bogey to – Drove it about 30 yards off a of green uh, to a back pin where I just had to chip it on the green. All these greens are small and raised. So I said, just chip it on the green, just chip it on the green, just chip it on the green. And I hit it just short of the green. And it rolled about four feet on. Three-putted bogey. Bogey the next hole, which is pretty normal, number seven. And we get to what we call the triangle at the Beaverbrook, triangle of death. Uh, eighth hole, it's about a four iron off the tee and about a sand wedge into the green. Side hill to an uphill green, brick hard, super fast. Yeah, and uh, hit a little thin and uh, hit on the backside of the green, went out of bounds. Yeah, um, from uh, 105 yards and then hit the next one on the green. And this green's pretty difficult and ended up four putting the hole, making the eight. <laughs> so it went from a four shot lead to uh, had a four shot lead that shrunk to dead even, then double number 10. And I think I played even par out. Lost oh. bogey the last hole. Bogey the last hole. Um, Things get quick, butters. Things get quick, man. You know? Yeah, I, I, you know what? I was actually, I was out there. I was like, slow down. And I mean, of course, you know, we play around the golf at our club like three hours, right? And this round takes like four and a half because it's tournament golf, right? But it's still in my brain. I was like, you still need to slow down. You're rushing everything, you know. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I learned a lot about. A few things because I mean I haven't been in that state of mind slash pressure in a while, and you know you kind of learn that 
I mean, I know I, I missed an eight footer to tie for the lead in the open division uh, last hole. However, that wasn't the only putt I missed, you know. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I'm sitting there thinking like every shot mattered, not just the, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I knew that. I knew the strate- strategy was hit it close to the green and make pars because, I mean, we got big time division one golfers out there playing and shooting away over par on a 6,000 yard golf course. So tiny greens and firm. I mean, you like, okay, here was, there was number 12 is a shorter hole. I had 123 in. I tried to hit it 110 yards with a full gap wedge or like a full sand wedge. And it flew 111. And I had, you know, it was two, it was 12 foot past the hole. I mean, just boing, boing, and then stop, you know. Um, that that's that's how it was this weekend. And and everybody knew it. I mean, um, very difficult conditions and you know, didn't give you anything on any pin position. You couldn't go at any pin. So anyway, that's my story. Shot uh 72, 79, lost the open division by one shot. That's okay. Got another tournament coming up in a few weeks, Knox County Amateur. I will play in the open division that as well on a golf course that's right down the street from my house as well, public course. That they used to play nationwide event back in the day. So um, that'll be fun too. There'll be there'll be probably 20 division one golfers in that. So it'll, it'll be fun. It'll be a fun tournament to watch. So regardless. So anyway, stick stay tuned to the Twitter. Uh, Joe came out and ate breakfast and saw how difficult it was and just went home. He just didn't want to watch anymore. He went home. Went home and sweated down the PGA. But uh, yeah, so Mito, back to back to the golf. Mito, you know, he's gonna be around a major championship golf in the future. There's no doubt. He's bogey avoidance guy. He's a top 40 machine. Uh, probably in the future on difficult golf courses, he's gonna be a big top 20 machine. because uh, he just doesn't make bogeys, guys. He just makes a lot of pars. Hits a lot of greens, makes a lot of pars. He's a big he's strong boy, man. Yeah, he's gonna he's, he's gonna bogey he's gonna birdie par fives that are somewhat reachable. If they're close to being reachable, he's gonna birdie them. That's just because he's gonna be around the green uh, for it. You know, um, like you said, a lot of things had to go right for Justin Thomas. First of all, he was on the wrong side of the draw and played phenomenally. And then you know, golf course was set up pretty hard Saturday, and he shot. You know, he struggled that day. Um, we can talk about a few more other players. Uh, Rory, uh, Rory, Rory uh, McElroy. Uh, what, what do you want to think about Rory? Uh, you know, I know a lot of people were touting him up and talking about him. My thoughts were that this is not the first time we've seen this out of Rory, even this year. Uh, played a great, flawless round in the first round. I know he did it at, Byer, at the uh, Arnold Palmer, and he also did it at uh, Wells Fargo. Um, is this a new thing? With him, I mean, what are we seeing here? What do you think, Byron? Yeah, it's marshmallow brain stuff, man. But it's 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 like we saw with Mito. It's you you get in the mix, and then things get weird. And Rory likes to get weird. I don't know why he his game is perfect. You know, it was he when they were showing the the shot maps. He had three three drives on the one hole that were not even in the screen of everybody else's drives. So he's just got the game that's just can elevate it way above everybody else's. His driving ability is fantastic. He had multiple putts inside of 15 feet on Sunday. And after he he got hot and I looked at my buddy and I said, oh boy, at what point is he going to realize he's making a run for this? Because then the, the run is going to end. Because he's just, the moment he realizes he's not automatic, 
then he starts getting into the motions of of trying to win a major. It's he gets he seizes up a little bit, and I don't I don't know I have no advice. <laughs> you know I don't know why I don't know how to combat that, but it's obvious and it's and it's surprising. You know it's it's really disappointing for a guy that talented to to struggle that hard under pressure. So, but I mean we've seen lots of guys do this stuff, so it's not surprising to see a pro do it. But Rory is a different caliber player. Yeah, so um, besides, let's take the weather out of the factor of this past weekend. What was the most surprising thing that you, uh, for, from the PGA, that you took back from it? The most surprising thing I saw was how the course was so cramped up. Cameron Smith bounced a drive off of Aaron Wise's head. So, you know, it was just incredible how all of that went down, and I – I was fascinated at how they used the, the, the area to the maximum. You know, they had tee boxes pretty much on greens, basically. And um, the way the wind impacted that golf course was incredible. You know, that wind just turned up a few miles extra and it just turned into a completely different beast. So, you know, that, that to me, the weather, how the weather just ramped up the difficulty of the golf course was probably probably what gave me the most enjoyment out of the whole viewing experience. Yeah. Um, I was surprised by Scheffler, honestly. Um, I really, I, I wrote, I mean, I was, I was all over him. I wouldn't say I was all over him last week, but I was just like, until somebody dethrones him, he's the king. That's kind of was my sentiment. And, uh, very surprised um, his struggles. Um, also surprised, was not surprised how good the golf course was. I, I, I hated, I know I said take the wind out of it, but I hated that half the field had no chance basically in this tournament uh, before we ever teed off. That was pretty lame. Um, because this could have been one of the best major. I mean, it still was a great major championship. Don't get me wrong. This golf course, though, is awesome. It's and 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 how good would this golf course be? I'm I'm fine with the runoffs. Leave the runoffs as is. How phenomenal would this place be if it had rough beside the fairways? Like if you miss the fairway with the drive, you're actually in rough. I mean, over par would have won this thing. I oh yeah. So um kind of wish that was a factor. But I mean the golf course is, is I thought I called my brother Wednesday and I said you need to watch some this weekend. This is a real golf course. This is like legit good. Uh, what do you think of uh the pairing pairing people with John Rahm? Do you think he's so like I think that definitely played a part in how Scotty played. I think Rahm is just such a negative, overbearing, everything is wrong. You know, he's always blaming the wind or a bounce or something. I just, I think that definitely played a part. It shouldn't, it shouldn't affect Scotty, but I think that was like the tipping point where if Scotty had one little bit of bounce back in him, I think Rom just peed all over it and just didn't let him get back. I don't know. I, I just feel like Scotty would have played better if he had a different pairing. <laughs> and I, cause I had Scotty in like 40% of my goddamn lineup. So it was, it was, I was really disappointed when he missed the cut. And 
he was set up to play so well around here. And then just, he looked rattled, didn't look comfortable. He looked like he was, he wasn't comfortable. He wasn't confident. He wasn't under control like he usually is. So I don't know if Rom had anything to do with it, but I definitely felt that it was frustrating for him. Yeah. Um, never really thought about that. I, I am a little bit, not, I kind of wish they would kind of just go with random pairings in the first two days. I know they do it for TV purposes, but you don't have to do that for major championships. Every pairing is going to be big, right? I don't. People are going to be watching regardless who's playing with each other. I know throughout the week, you know, you might only have a dozen draws for the week, you know, as far as uh, players that people are going to tune in to watch. Um, but I, I don't like that DJ, JT, and – Rom are going to be playing together in two weeks together on Memorial or something the first round, and and it's going to be Finau, Fowler, and I mean, it's the same. You're seeing the same twelve guys every week if they play, and um, not a fan of that. Um, huge advantages for some, huge disadvantages for some. Um, doesn't allow some players to sk skirt by, you know, possibly, and that's the disadvantage part. Like. Um, we had Jordan, Rory, Tiger, right? Yeah. Easily the 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 top three needle movers on TV. Easily the top three. And could have been a lot better if if those three guys were set in three different groups for the tournament. I think. I mean, uh, the publicity. Those are the. It's it's Tiger number one, Jordan number two, Rory number three. And pretty easily, I think those that's the ranking of the of the people that move the the crowd. And I, they could have split. I just don't like it. That's all I can say. That's all I don't I don't know how to put it into word other than I don't yeah. like it. And it and it it's it's bad. I think it's bad personally for the viewership. I think I agree. You know, I can I can see why they do it, and also. I agree with you that it's frustrating that the same people always like that though. You know, we want, we, we wait more into golf that we want to see all the players. Whereas my dad call it not necessarily my dad, but a dad would just want to just sit on his couch, grab a bag of chips and then watch the guys that he likes. So I can understand why, but it is frustrating for people that want to see a lot more golf. Okay, I think we're I think we're beating a dead horse now. We're we talked yeah. about PJ. We talked about my my demise this past week. Need a moment. Yeah, my my demise this past weekend. Talked about our late start tonight. Let's get right into this week. Uh, how about that? Let's do it, bud. Um, Colonial National Invitational, uh, the original tournament name. This is now the Charles Schwab Challenge. Uh, it's in Fort Worth, Texas. This tournament's been around since 1946, guys. Um, very, very historic golf tournament. Played at the Colonial, home of Mr. Ben Hogan. Um, Colonial Country Club. I mean, this is this is pretty much the cat's meow when we were talking golf courses, uh, historic golf courses. Uh, par 70, 7209. Um, We've got A4 bent grass, which I don't know what that is, but whatever. 
uh, Bermuda tees, fairways, and rough, three-inch rough, which that's going to be a factor. Um, we're already getting some humidity this time of year down in Texas. It's going to be pretty thick. Not as thick as it will be maybe in a month or so, but it's still thick. Uh, designed by Perry Maxwell and some other guy. And Perry Maxwell's a pretty important guy in the golf world. So uh, this is just when – you're, when you're thinking golf and history – this is Colonial Country Club's one of those places. Um, greens are not huge. Uh, they will be fast. They will be firm. Uh, it's a still, it's a, it's a clay-based green. So therefore, a bent clay, um, they're either one of two things. They are very, very soft and receptive, or they are brick hard, depending on how they want the golf course to play. That's how that's going to be. As far as historical winnings here, um, you know, it's, you're going to see anywhere from 10 under to, to 18 under probably, probably mid teens is where you're going to see this tournament one seems to be over the years, very, very, very good, uh, proximity weeks or guys that have a great proximity week are the ones that win this tournament. Um, and if I just look down at the last, say, 15 years of winners, you got a co-crack, Berger, um, and I'm not going to name them all, but Justin Rose, Chris Kirk, Adam Scott, Boo Weekly, and you go back as far as 2011, Zach, uh, David Toms. Those were great proximity players historically. And uh, what I like to look is not only the winners, because usually the winner obviously hits it pretty good and probably is a top five putter for the week every, every winner. But if you look like the top fives year in, year out, you're going to say, you're going to see what story that tournament told. And, you know, you look at the second place finish, you got a Morikawa, you got Sean O'Hare over the years, John Rahm, Jordan Spieth's been up there. And this is obviously one of Jordan Spieth's favorite courses. So he's going to be a very important player this week. It's always good irons play, uh, decent driving play matters. And um, around the green is important. Um, so I'm, this is one of my – this is a top five golf course for me to watch on TV. Of course, you know, if you know me, I like the Sony Open and I like the RBC and Hilton Head, and this golf course is just like it. So uh, very similar yardage, very similar um, uh, range to par uh, winner. Um, so this is the kind of golf tournament I like to watch. Uh, I'm going to be uh, watching a lot if I can help it. And so, uh, do you want to say anything about Colonial before we get right into the slate, Byron? Ah, I think you've you've knocked it out the park. I think it brings everyone that's playing this course is in the, in the hunt. You know, you get you get to places like Bay Hill and things like that where it gets a lot of control. Um, a lot of people can't contend at those longer golf courses that are pretty tough like that. But when it comes to this course, I think everyone's in the hunt, especially if you can keep it in the fairway, and. Um, yeah, I think you got it. I think you got it dialed. Some definite guys that I think are going to play well together. Okay, so let's get right into it then. Let's get around the slate. Let's rush, not rush this, but speed through this. We've already been on here 30 minutes and not said a word about Colonial yet. So let's get right into it. Scotty Sheffer, JT, Morikawa, Speeth, Zalatoris, Hovland. That's 10K and above. Give me a couple of guys you're looking at here and tell me why. I, I love JT. I think, you know, we just mentioned this guy's going to be coming in. The fact that he's playing the week after he just won this PGA, I think he's 
he's looking to capitalize on this stuff. He's hasn't won in over a year until last week. And now it's time for him to go. I think he's going to try and pull off a, a run like Scotty Scheffler, just keep keep hammering at, at that top of the leaderboard and hopefully try and win this one again this week. Um, I think he's going to do it that way. And Scotty Scheffler is, is another guy that I think is going to be very low owned in this range, which is going to be important because we've got what 120 guys in this in this field so this these these ownership numbers are going to get big i've i'm, I'm looking at jordan speed and i think the two websites i've used have got him at 30 percent so i don't know if i want to play too much of jordan especially with his putter the way it is right now um but jt and scotty are the two guys are kind of leaning towards up top yeah yeah, um, I mean, Scotty, like you said, didn't feel comfortable. That has me a little bit concerned last week. Um, I understand the JT move probably fired up. I wonder how has his finish has been after wins? I heard someone say that he won an event after a major at one point. I think he won the one after the PGA. There you go. Um, more Cowboys speed, Zalatoris, Hovland. Uh, Spieth could not buy a putt last week. He, he had all kinds of problems putting. This uh, year. Yeah, this year, true, yeah. Maybe this – you know, he was really, really struggling you know, back COVID time period, and he come here, you know, and, man, lit this place up in the first three rounds and, like, literally walks off, like, the 60th hole of the tournament. Like, this guy can't lose. And then all of a sudden, you know, barely finishes top ten. Uh, he's going to play well this week. We know. I mean, he's going to be in the hunt of some sort. Um, Zaltoris is interesting to me. Hovland. I like Morikawa here, just to be frank. I know the wind, it might, could be an issue if it gets windy. But you got to think this golf tournament looks perfect for him. I thought the RBC this year was going to be perfect for him coming off of his final round at Augusta. Um, without using data yet, or my model yet to speak of. I don't want to speak on that much for this episode, but I want to say more Kawa right off the cuff. I like. Um, I'm trying to pull up something real quick. Yeah, yeah. he ranks about he ranks about where I like to seem. You know, he's probably the him or Jordan is my one two honestly, and and Jordan's going to be so highly. We have to think Jordan's going to take a ton of ownership in the 10K range, right? I mean, a ton. Yeah, he's. Looking at 30 right now. Yeah. Uh, I can see it getting getting wild. I, I mean, I could see you, definitely in like the um some of the higher price stuff for the single entry stuff, he's gonna probably be like 40-some percent. Like I said, like 42%, 43%. I could see easily. So that's why I kind of like Morikawa. Uh, he's he's my he's my one B move there. So that's why I would say him over all the rest of the guys up there, mainly because. He has had some success here already in this couple of years he's played uh, second place in the time for 14th. But not only that, you're going to save a little bit of money over JT Scheffler. That's it. There's no yeah. other reason. Um, I wonder, Zal Torres has been putting great since Sawgrass, and I wonder if that can hold up. I don't know. Or is it just where he is putting his proximity numbers? Because if his proximity goes down, his putting is going to go up. Because he's going to – his, you know, the strokes gain against the field changes. If he hits a three-foot ever hole, he's obviously 
going to be zero strokes gained because he's going to one putt, right? So yeah. if he knocks it 30 feet, so that means his proximity is going down. His strokes gained actually is going to go up because he's probably just going to two putt. Anyway, that's stupid math talking, but I think one of the reasons his putting has went up is that his strokes gained approach has actually – or strokes gained ball striking has actually been on the decline over the last six months. So that's why I think his strokes putting has actually went on the incline. Not saying that he hasn't putted better because he has, but – I think it's a little bit of tomfoolery going around those strokes gain numbers if you really know what they mean. Absolutely, dude. And I I looked into his putting stuff in at the PGA. And if you take every tournament he's played in in 2021 and 2022, he gains strokes on Thursday and Friday. And then the moment you get onto a Saturday, Sunday, he, he loses on the weekend. And that's that's many many rounds it's not just looking at a select few and then this weekend he gained thursday friday and then saturday sunday he, he um he landed up losing again so it's like it's like clockwork the moment he gets antsy the putter kind of slows down and uh and that's that's how it goes so that's his blueprint i like it i like it very i like a predictable answer to a question i like that uh another interesting thing to talk about you might want to look at you might want to write down uh, victor hoffman's ownership is most likely going to be pretty low um in this range so i like him too nine 9k range uh it's actually pretty small this week uh burger Finau, sunjay uh answer homa sam burns haven't seen a lot of sunjay because of alleged illness <laughs> Uh, but no, I haven't seen a lot of him here as of recent. Um, I really don't know where to go here uh, in, in the in the 9K range. Um, Homer's been crushing it, man. He's been crushing it. I think six of his last seven, he's been inside the top 20. Just so consistent, so solid. His ball striking is just popping like a son of a biatch right now. And it's just <laughs> stunning to watch. You know, he's just doing doing great stuff he's turned himself into a completely different golfer and remember he used to pop up here and pop up there now he's just non-stop and, and his odds are reflecting that um i think he's gonna i i like homer as a jordan spieth switcheroo because i think if you look at homer and spieth over the last 24 rounds that they match each other perfectly in ball striking and homer's actually putting better than spieth and he's a thousand bucks less. He's going to be double digit percentages less owned. So I really like, I like Max as a, as a switch. I like so. it. One, one thing I do like about Homa is that he has obviously been playing great. Uh, he, he's really making putts for the first time in his career. That's been probably the main thing. Uh, his chipping has gotten significantly better around the green and he's just riding this hot hand. I saw today where he just committed to Memorial. So He's playing the hot hand memorial. That sounds like a Max Homa yeah. uh, place there, a uh, big iron play. I do like Max Homa's game. I mean, you've seen nothing but confidence coming off. Whenever he said, made the statement, I'm going to be around on the weekend on Augusta, that was his goal. From that point forward, it's like all this stuff is extra, extra. So there's no pressure, you know. Um, so I, I don't hate it. Yeah. I don't. And he's feeling himself after his first, like, top 20 major appearance so he's he's feeling it right now yeah answer kind of you know went away there a little bit on sunday just you know we didn't see much honestly it was crazy uh was there and then you never really heard his name 
Um, Sunday, we don't really know what's going on. I mean, I feel like Finau and Berger, it's going to be able to show me what you've done lately until we're ready to talk about them again. Ber uh, Finau maybe seems to be uptrending a little bit, but not consistent. Berger's garbage. That's all I can say. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I had him graded out uh, pretty high last week, and he sucked. That's all I yeah. can say. What is she, like 82 on the second round or something like that? Or? I don't know, man. I think he was 13 over par or something to finish the tournament, which is disgusting. I, yeah. It has to be injury. You can't play that bad. You're a professional golfer, dude. Can't has play to, that He bad. has to be injured because he's to, a grinder. He's, he has he to is. be he's, he's a, a grinder. grinder. Yeah. yeah. Uh, moving on to the 8K range, interesting player group here. Uh, Taylor Gooch, Fleetwood, Simpson, Mito, Billy Horschel, Davis Riley. A couple guys that are out, so we're going to bring those up. Co-crack, nah. That's your eight grand and above. I don't know that you can go wrong picking anybody here. <laughs> uh, we just got to figure out who's going to do what here this week, who's going to be hot and who's not. I think Co-crack actually and Simpson have been the least um, consistent out of this 8K range, which is crazy to say. It wasn't 18 months ago we were talking about Simpson being a top five player in the world. Now we're now we're yeah, we saying he's you know I don't know where he's at. I could see Mito on a bounce back here. This golf course doesn't make a lot of bogeys. Probably going to shoot about eight under this week. Finish about seventeenth place. That's where I've got him pegged. Probably true. Um, I like everybody in this range. I like everybody. Yeah. Uh, no, only I mean, thing that might scare me is the Kevin Nall withdrawal. Other than that, I like this range a lot. Actually, um, Fleetwood played decent last week. Horschel, he didn't play great on the weekend. He played pretty terrible, but made the cut after a abysmal first round. Davis Riley's a stud, future stud in this game. Nice. Future top 10 player. Who do you like here? I like Billy and Davis. If I were to pick, I totally agree with you. You know, I've got all these guys pretty much in that same bucket. They all looking the same, you know, um, same way to me. But I think Billy's got the, the most sour taste in people's mouths after making the cut and then just pooping the bed. So I think this course suits him a lot better as well. You know, he's going to be going to be just fine keeping himself in the fairways and his irons are, are cooking, you know, him and both Davis Riley, Davis Riley's gained on approach the last two tournaments. Now he hasn't done that in, in his time on tour. So he might've found something since the Byron Nelson. And uh, yeah, if he, if he can get that together, I think those two are, they have potential to, to, Take a peek at the top of the leaderboard come Sunday. I like, I like, he's probably my favorite player, honestly, uh, in this range. He plays these golf courses so well. Uh, Billy? Yeah. Yeah. Billy. He, he, he is, I'm not going to say that he's always in him, but he seems to be, these style of golf courses, he seems to be just popping in the top 10. This is kind of what keeps him in the 125 every year. Uh, these <laughs> five or six tournaments, he yeah. seems to I – mean, these are his – I'm not going to say they're his majors, but he just plays them well. He just plays them so – he's so efficient with his irons. He's a par four scoring guy. That's it. I mean, it's all there is to it. Uh, this is perfect for him. So, I like Billy the best. Uh, and like you said, sour taste might hurt his ownership. So, I like it. I like it a lot. 7K range, which we call the uh, – the dart or the value range, 7K range, too many players to pick from. Lot to like and a lot to hate. Um, 
things that pop to me, uh, maybe like, a, I mean, Kisner's had success here. I actually like Ricky Fowler this week, surprisingly, uh, surprisingly enough. He's trending up. Tringale, pretty decent. Uh, who do you, who, I mean, HV3, Chris Kirk, Brian Horman. I like those three guys. Chris Kirk's ownership is probably going to be out of sight. So, might want to stay away from him this week. And Brian Hammond. Brian Hammond's yeah. looking like he's way up there. He's going to be yeah. one of the highest owned guys in the field. So, um, I would, I would, I mean, HV3, he's probably a, a good sleeper here in this range. Um, I, I, we talk about Tom Hogue a lot, Tom Hoagie a lot. Probably going to stay away from this week. Loses, loses a little bit of his advantage with the long driver. So I, I hate to say it, Fowler, Ricky Fowler, um, HV3, maybe even EVR. Yes. So well for me last week and just crapped the bed on on Sun on yeah. I mean, he crapped the bed this week. He was another one that graded out so high. I was really looking for like the very good ball. I did not pay enough attention. And, you know, obviously weather and grit, we can never figure into a model, right? No. But we can eliminate with the with weather. And I just did not factor in the weather. Even though I knew, I knew what they were saying. I just didn't factor it into my tournament matchups. And it freaking blew up my face. You know, I think 0 and 4. And I was on the bad side of three of them, you know. <sighs> and I just did not, I mean, just let it totally just, Stupid move on my part. Yeah, and, and, and EVR was one of the guys that graded out really good for me. And this guy, he sucked this past week. Again. Anyway, uh, I like him a lot. That's probably my guy. I mean, you're gonna, I'm going to stay away from like a Lucas Herbert, even though he bombs it and plays well. I, you don't need him on this golf course. No. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a couple, three guys. Maybe, maybe give Brendan Todd a little sprinkle. Uh, he plays well on t- golf courses like this. But 7K range, surprisingly enough to me, is weak as it's been in the last month. 7K range is usually popping, and it's not this week for me. So where are you at in here? Do you see anybody you like? I mean, you going to jump on Kisner? I feel like he's kind of been a forgotten player over the last month. Played pretty bad in the last month, honestly. So, Yeah, he hasn't been putting well lately, and he's not – you know, he's I've got him as the best the fourth best putter in the, in my model, and he's he's actually 65th on bent over the last 50, 50, 50 rounds. So he doesn't do too hard on bent lately, but that can change in a single tournament. So I, you know, if you like him, go for it. Um, Cameron Tringali is one of my favorites, like you mentioned. I really, really like him. He's he's super, super good on these greens, and his his approach play has been fantastic. If he can keep his driver in play, it's golden. And then Christian notes is my other guy, my other South African boy. I like EVR and 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 Cbez. Um, Bezzy is just going to be, I think, on a shorter course. He's not going to be trying to hit that driver too hard. Keep it in the fairway. He does that. He does that really well when it's shorter courses. And he's one of the best short game players in this field, man. He's he's tied around the greens and he can he can putt lights out when he wants. I mean, he he made a run at the the Byron Nelson, just gaining eight strokes putting. So if if he needs to, he can, and it looks like um, looks like his putter is heating up a little bit. He missed the cut at the PGA, which kind of might help. I'm not ideal, you know. You never know if he was in the shitty weather or not. But it was it was good. I think um, I think I like Bezzy this week. So uh, moving down the six K range here at the end, um, 
I don't see much to like here either. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, right after, I mean, Russell Knox off the off the bat, Patton Kazire. Uh, I mean, I, I could see some Strillman. Obviously, Malnati's played well, uh, Tennessee boy. He's played well uh, last few weeks, but are we going to continue going to the tail on that? Um, I don't know where we're at long term on a lot of these guys. I'll tell you this. I know, and he hasn't had a ton, but uh, success. But Stalling, 6,400, not seem a little low price-wise. Shouldn't he, in this field, I feel like he should be around 7,000. Mm-hmm. No, he hasn't played well lately, uh, but he did make it into the U.S. Open yesterday. So, a little, little feel-good coming off that. Nice. Uh, Nick Taylor, great ball striker down in low 6K. I mean, Zach Johnson, we have to think he's probably going to make the cut down the low 6K range. Um, I don't, but I don't see a ton to love down here um, in the 6Ks uh, overall, uh, especially if you get past 6,800. So I would say stay up top. Doug Gim, uh, Peter Malnati. Patton Kazire, Russell Knox, 6K range. That's all I'm going to throw out there. Maybe a little Adam Long, maybe possibly a little Pat Perez. Uh, and uh, I'm interested to see us Minwoo Lee. I watched a lot of him at Augusta because we could watch everybody, and I never really seen him play. And uh, very surprising. Surprised a ton, I mean, how he played, his overall game, his irons, his short game, everything. I'm interested to see a little bit of him this week. Uh, not – promoting him at all but i just want to see what we what we're working with but uh malnati maybe a little i'll even throw a little mccarthy in there and uh i'm i'm just throwing out names until i little finalize my my model work so love love doug gim though top 20 doug gim this week i'm gonna throw it out there top 20 doug gim probably a pretty good number on that who do you like yeah, in range? i've got i got dougie gim at um a top 40 for plus 170 in, in my article and I like him as a DFS player as well. And then I like Brian Stewart as well. He's so accurate. So this course suits his game really well and he's finished. He's made the cut six straight years here. So he, he likes his course. Now he hasn't finished much better than 30th, but also his, his approach play has been getting a lot better lately too. So I like Brian Stewart. And then Alex Smalley as well. I think he's going to be a sneaky little play at 6,700 bucks. He's, he's been hitting his irons. They've been getting better every week. So he's going to be up and up, I think. And then Lucas Glover. I think Lucas is, he really likes his golf course too. He's played well here before. And he's, he's that ball striker that just can't putt, you know. So he's going to, he's going to make the cut for you and, and frustrate you when he's missing seven footers for birdie. But he'll be making those pause all the time, and and that's all we're looking for. So, okay. So uh, where are you, where are you at on your uh, dart play for the for the week? Who who you, who are you throwing a dart at? And long who's your long shot? My dart for the week is going. Can it like what's what's the price range? Are we like? I mean, you say like uh, hot long odds. I mean, you know, seventy five or seventy five hundred on DraftKings or. Yeah, I'd say I'd say my my dart is going to be Cameron Tringali. I think he can he can get up there. He hasn't won a tournament yet, but he has the firepower to to get dirty. And mm-hmm. I think you know he can he can put lights out, and that's all it takes sometimes. So hundred to one on Fanduel, mm-hmm. hundred to one. Yeah. Interesting. I've got him. Yeah, 
top 20 for plus 320 on FanDuel. Yeah. Um, Doug Gim, 180 to 1 on DraftKings. Wow. Um, hmm. I think my dart play of the week is going to have to be – now I'm sliding way down in here. Um, dart play of the week. Hmm. I mean, I want to – you know, I'd already brought up that um, – that uh, Russell Knox – I don't think he's going to – I've already brought up Doug Gim. I think I, – I really like that, but I don't think I really want to lay my eggs in that basket, though. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the – both of those guys putting wise, it's 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 a very scary situation. So I, I, can, I can see I can see why you don't want to go there. Yeah, um, golly, I hate Come to on, get, this. Go huh? get this out yet. Oh, okay. I'll just throw this. Adam Long. Uh, well, I won't say Doug. I'll have to just. I'm just gonna say Doug Gim. I'm gonna say Doug Gim. I don't really see him winning this thing. But I could definitely see a top 20, like I said, and you're going to get great odds on that. Uh, a little bit higher price, HV3. I, I love a, a top 20 sweat on him, maybe. Uh, probably you might be able to get him at top 40 for uh, maybe maybe even money, possibly. I don't, I don't know. I, that's just I'm trying to find Gim here real quick before I stick my name in my – Doug Gim plus five, five to one on DraftKings, top 20. That's a pretty good number there. That's that's a real good number. Um, I'm this the model I'm working on has him at thirty to one, or three to one. Excuse me, three to one, and you're getting five to one. Uh, that's that's it. That's pretty good. So I'm gonna throw that out. That Doug in five five to one on the top twenty on DraftKings. I love that. Who is your who? Where's your heart at this week? Who's gonna win this tournament, Byron? Hey, Bansa. I think Abance is going to win this thing. Abance, um, yeah, it was between him and Kevin Na, and I just, I just think Abe's, Abe's just got, he's got that X factor. I think you know he won recently, but also Kevin. You know what? I'm changing my mind. It's Kevin Na. Kevin Na is going to win it this week. Kevin Na. One year before, he wins once a year. I think, I think this is his week. I don't hate it. Um, I don't hate it at all. Kevin's like 50, 50 to one. Yeah. So, you know, but I really like him. He, he's been hitting his irons really, really nicely. So I like me some Kevin. Although, you know, I can't say I'm a fan of the man, but I'm a definite fan of the player. So, <laughs> we, <cool. laughs> what, what, what is it that you're not a fan of the man? Leaving his girlfriend at the altar or uh, telling, other, telling other vets how to, how to put out or what? what yeah, you this list them, huh? So uh it's it's gonna okay, I'll say this for me. My heart play, uh well, Jordan Speeth is gonna be hard to pull against if he's up there. He's fun to watch win. Um yeah. uh, you're not gonna get really good odds on anybody. You're not gonna get good odds on JT, Scheffler, Speeth, Morkawa. It's just not gonna happen. You're not gonna any, get anywhere close to the value that they should be. Um so, with that being said, from a from a financial situation, 
I think your best move is going to be a Sunjay M or a Chris Kirk, possibly, where you can get a good number on them. I've seen Chris Kirk as much as 52 to 1. Yep. Uh, you can get Sunjay right now at 35 to 1. That's a pretty good number. I, I don't hate him this week. We just don't know what he's going to do. So I, I'm going to stick with the financial decision here. Sunjay M, 35 to 1. That's a great number on him. Uh, all things being equal, my model has the model currently I have, I've got him at about 23 to 1. Uh, so I love 35 to 1. We don't yeah. know if he's sick, though. We don't, we have no idea what's going on. <laughs> Is he even in the country? Who knows? So it's true, yeah. very true. Other than that, I would love to see HV3 win. Uh, you can find him as high as, uh, what, 55? I'm seeing here, FanDuel maybe, 55 to win, one. Yeah. Love to, I lost, love, love to see that happen. Uh, I lost 10 units betting on HV3 last year. 10, just on him. For the year? For the year. I bet on him. The model loved him every freaking tournament and just – just, but he's he's a different guy this year, so it's he's changed up a little bit. But when he gets in that in that mix, man, it's things get weird. Things get really weird for HV three. So, isn't it weird that like his proximity numbers will be like top five one week, and then it's like hundredth the next week, and then his yeah around the green number is like third one week, and then it's seventy fifth. That's what's so weird about his game. Yeah, very frustrating. Um, man, I, I'm looking at some. I haven't really looked at the overall numbers yet until just now and I mean homeless got garbage numbers uh you know uh female still got garbage numbers I mean geez Louise yeah and you know what I thought is I was going to just pepper that mid-range with all these guys in the 50s and 60s thinking that okay JT Colin maybe Zalatoris pull out you know those are the boys at the top they chewing up a bunch of win ownership nope all of them, I mean, nobody has withdrawn this week. It's yeah. crazy. They they all just teeing it up. So my whole my whole theory is just blowing out the water now. So it's now I've just got all these these middle guys that have to go up against these big dogs, which I did not expect to happen. But it is what it is. It's, it's the bed we made. Hey, we ride with it. We've got a great field, great golf course. Can't wait to watch this weekend. Byron, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, if you like what you heard, go ahead and hit the like button, subscribe. Uh, give us a shout out on Twitter, the model maniac, the Andrew putters, Joe nicely also is usually on the show. Uh, if you're interested in looking at the PJ premium package at rotoballer.com, get on there, hit the promo code turn when signing up. Um, don't forget to check out Byron's breaking 100 article this week. Like he said, it's been cooking this year. Appreciate you rotoballer for everything you do for us. Yes. My name, Andrew putters. This is the model maniac. Joe Nicely, sitting on the couch tonight watching. Uh, you have listened to the Turn Fancy Golf Podcast brought to you by Rotoballer.com. It's going to drive me.